Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the No Shame Podcast. I am your host, Soren. What I never quite know uh, to what extent to to share on this podcast because the whole idea is to kind of like let my nuts hang, <laughs> excuse me, and you know, just like let it all hang out, let it say everything, expose everything. But at the current, <laughs> in my current situation, um, you know, as this is being published to Spotify, I don't have a bunch of listeners yet, but that's the goal. And I kind of can't really, for privacy reasons, which I'll explain later on, maybe in a few more episodes, I can't really expose everything that I'm, I'm experiencing right now because it's, it's quite outrageous and kind of, you'd be surprised. So kind of like trying to find the balance between that and also just, you know, like personal things that I go through, you know, intimate things that I want to share, but I'm just like, should I share that? <laughs> but I guess that's, that's the interesting stuff, right? I'm just like, because I have a lot of experiences with people and this is what leads to like, you know, my kind of like the funny things or interesting things about human nature. One thing I've noticed, what is going on with women posting pictures on Instagram with their underwear? It's just like constant. I get it. If you've worked out a lot and you've worked on your body, yeah, you're proud of it. And it makes sense. You want people to see, but I'm I do that sometimes. I post a picture with my shirt off like I'm a tough guy. Look at this. Look at my abs. Yeah, I want some attention. It's okay. It's normal. That's what social media is designed for. But it's like I, I've see, I have these I'm following people sometimes, and it's like every picture is like with they're just bending over with a thong and their ass out. <laughs> I'm just like, if that was my daughter, or if that was my girlfriend. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like you know, like I'm from 1940s, but it's like if that was my girlfriend, I'm just like, can you? St- Honey, can you stop being a slut? <laughs> and you know what? The, you know what? <clears throat> the response is every single time. And it, when I, I'm just saying, like, when I have this conversation with my female friends, you know, I'm just like, I don't get it. And it just seems so desperate. It's like it's art. That's always the response. It's art. <laughs> okay, I guess. I guess. I, we're all artists now. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, my God. You know, social media is just really raining, raining down. I started meditating again, and the insight, the clarity that, you f- that I feel is just, it reminds me, like, wow. And just having a, the break from the screen is also in just like literally the refreshing 
just sitting around in a public place today and I'm just like every single person is glued to their phone and on their phone and just kind of if you notice people when you're out in public like in a coffee shop or whatever a restaurant and everyone's on their phone if you kind of notice like pay attention to the facial expression like when someone's staring at a phone they're not like they don't look peaceful or their the muscles on their face don't look relaxed it's all tensed up because you're like staring at a screen and the actual physical experience of staring at these screens is not pleasant we get a dopamine hit from social media and from these videos and stuff and that's what's keeping us addicted but like most addictions we're not actually feeling better after a certain point you know we're just maintaining equilibrium so that's why i love podcasting because at least on this format on anchor i can just do audio um i suppose if i continue to do this you can make more money on the youtube or whatever but i i, I don't know i'm not really i feel like you should do things like this that something that because you love it you know not because just thinking about money speaking of money okay so when i broke up with my last girlfriend by the way it's it's taken me a long time i'm still not over it i'm still getting over it and you know i was kind of lonely and i was like on tinder and i met someone she's a doctor a plastic surgeon to be exact and my first impulse like when i met her we went to a park and she's really sweet i was like wow she's a really sweet person i liked her um and the whole point of this story is that human sexuality is so complicated and i'm so fucking complicated you have no idea but I, when i met her like she's sweet and we had a good time and we started hanging out a little bit and i liked the idea of her i liked yeah i liked the idea of her and so i kind of like tried to do the nice things but i was completely stuck not over my ex so it it didn't work and we didn't have sex but we kind of made out and <laughs> it's actually pretty weird she like we were like making out and she's like I I'm not ready to have sex and I was like okay it's okay me too and she like pulled out, she like pulled out my dick and she's like she just like looked at it and she's like mission accomplished and just smiled and then like went home and it was kind of like it was kind of like weird and like planned and logical uh, i guess i've actually dated another doctor when i was living in the us before i came here and she's also like very doctors are very logical and like fact driven people And so we ended up not having sex and then we kind of it didn't really work 
because I just like I felt like I was trying to make myself like her when I just didn't feel it and I thought at the time it was because I was still not over my ex and that's probably true time went on and she contacted me again and she was like we kind of like tried again we saw each other and we went to the beach and mind you she's like she's rich she drives a bmw she has a lot of money she had her own plastic surgery business so and that might be part of like the reason i was like well she's rich <laughs> you know she's got a good job she's successful it would make my life easier uh, it's kind of shallow but a lot of people think in those terms and i'm still caught by that to some extent and at the time she was i guess she was dating this italian guy like super hot model fitness trainer instagram model italian guy you know kind of like out of my league and i guess she felt basically what she was telling me was she made he made her feel insecure um about just uncertain about them and i think i i represented more kind of like honesty and integrity and she could she knew that you know but i wasn't i'm not obviously i'm not like the hot fitness trainer italian guy uh but so anyway she came over and we ended up having sex and like right afterwards like for me i just really wasn't i didn't i wasn't into it like i didn't the whole time i was always trying to make myself like her and like just the main thing was like be physically attracted to her which i just kind of wasn't and then after we had sex she's like i didn't feel good i was like she's like nope there's no passion and afterwards she was just like like it was the weirdest look like i never experienced it she's just like almost looked shocked and she's just like what what did we do i'm just like huh <laughs> and it's like all, all of a sudden she's like doubting and like it happened too fast and it was just like the weirdest response you know and that made it even worse because i was like not only did i not like it she's just like getting weird as shit and i i guess now the now looking back what it was okay so I'll, let me let me go, go back so so that happened and then you know it kind of we exchanged some kind of harsh words like i was basically like well you know you're just confused and you're just like kind of like i'm like uh i'm like your second second pick or something you know your second draft pick and then like if you if you weren't sure you shouldn't have had sex with me because i told you a week ago when we were hanging out like let's wait to have sex until we fall in love this is something i always wanted to try and by at the time she had already been having sex with the italian guy so she's just kind of like yeah right you know but from my point of view, it's like, shouldn't have had sex with me. And that's, you know, most guys who would do that to a woman, they'd be considered like an asshole. But whatever, it wasn't that bad. Harsh words were exchanged. Okay. 
then a few months later, <laughs> she just like messages me and she's like wanting to talk and see me. And she said she's done with the Italian guy. And I'm just kind of like, uh, okay. And I'm talking a little bit and she's just like, I'm gonna come see you. And I was just like, okay. And we're talking a bit more. And then she's just like, um, and then I just like, I kind of just felt like, well, it's a little bit late. Like maybe because it didn't work with you and this guy, now you're coming back to me. It's like, no, I don't feel it. I never felt it anyway. And so we're talking, I just stopped, stopped answering her. And she shows up at my Muay Thai gym here. Like just shows up. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's weird. She just shows up. She's just here. Like, I'm here. I came here. I found your, I found your, I contacted the people here and I found your address. And I, I was like, I'm polite, you know, I'm a nice person. I'm like, okay, come on in. But I'm just feeling like, what a pushy bitch, you know? Like, damn. And, you know, I'm a nice person. So I was like, okay, let's, like, let's go to the, it's like a weekend market. So we went there. And I just heard her, I just listened to her, you know? I just, I was like, okay, we can, I'll be your friend, you know? I'll be your, I'll be your brother. Because I can sense, I could sense that she's having a hard time in life and kind of like, kind of uh, like a fool. And I don't mind, like, I don't have, I didn't have, I don't feel the ego of like, you know, I get it, basically. And I told her that, like, listen, she explained to me what happened and basically he's, you know, he just like I could, most, most of you could assume the Italian guy was a douchebag, and he, she saw his like scene. It was like this wannabe celebrity, you know. Everyone's just being fake, and he's flirting with everyone. And it was just like that kind of like scene that no one likes. <laughs> and I'm so opposite from that, you know. I'm so kind of like grounded, and I don't give a, f I don't care about any of that shit. And. Like she, she was just like, you know, it kind of was like, yeah. And I was saying like, look, I, I get it. You know, if this guy's like super hot and you were already having sex with him and you kind of like, like me, but, and then we had sex and you were just like, oh shit, you know? And maybe a lot of guys would feel like it's a assault on their ego or something, but you know, I'm, I've, I'm past that kind of thing. like. You know, I, I know what I can do and I, I don't feel, I, I'm, I know what's real, you know? And it's, it's just not really, it wasn't really about me necessarily. And so I said like, I got it. And so I was just trying to be a good friend, you know? And, and she just, it's more like, kind of like I feel she likes me and she's just very touchy. Like, it's like, yeah, you want to be my friend, but why are you like holding my arm? And it just, uh, it just annoyed me. Like the fact that she would just show up anyway, and then I, I said, I'll be your friend, and then she's like touching me, like holding my arm and just being like flirty. 
it just annoyed me. And after this, like, my friend meets her, and he's like, oh, she's, she's so cool. And we went out to a comedy show, and it was like, we had a good time. And, you know, I see that, like, guys, like, really like her. Like, she's, she's traditionally, she's pretty and attractive. She's a head turner. She's slim and skinny and fit, you know, and successful, and she's smart. So <laughs> for all extensive purposes, she's attractive. But for me, and this is the whole point I've come to, where it's like human sexuality is very complicated. And sometimes, like, just someone's energy or their spirit just doesn't align with yours. And that's what I feel about her. It's just... I'm like, doctors are so logical and just fact-driven. And I find that so annoying. You know, and, and I find her, her perspective is sort of arrogant because she's in one domain of her brain where she feels she knows, kind of stubborn. And I'm the exactly the same way, but like from a different side of my brain, like artistic, abstract. And we just, I don't know why, like, I don't know why it, it just, yeah, she's pushy, you know, just showing up and not, not just letting go. And uh, it's funny, you know, like, I, I don't have anything to to show. I know I'm not. I'm no walk in the park. <laughs> to a lot of women, I'm an, I'm I'm a nightmare. You know, I'm moody. I'm stubborn. Um, I can be almost aggressive at times. I'm unpredictable. Um, I'm emotional. I change my mind a lot, which is you know a lot. Most people can't handle that. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, you know, human sexuality is complicated, and uh, I'm kind of at this point where it's like I've, I've researched, I'm researching, or I've tried a little bit of everything, like, and I'm seeing what is really kind of works for me and what I like and what is meaningful and uh, the whole thing of like having intimacy and an emotional bond and having the sexual chemistry it's all tied up it's all intertwined and if you're lacking one of those things friendship um, I've reached a point where it's like I'm kind of not really, I don't want to waste my time. And I've only come to this realization and this conclusion because I've been able to have lots of sex that was meaningless. Whereas, you know, someone who's been married for 20 years, uh, maybe all they want to do is 
have meaningless sex because they think that will make them feel better. But in fact, it's probably just something more connected to their emotion and themselves or whatever. I don't know. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, sh I went into that in a lot of detail. But there's other things I'm experiencing right now that I can't quite touch on, but maybe in a few months, um, when I change locations, I can, I can talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, right now I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm training as much as I can, and um, I, I don't have a job at this point. I'm, I've been screwed over by my last job, moved out here, and I'm, I'm kind of like waiting on my friend till his business is ready to take me on so I can help him. But at the moment, I'm kind of just in limbo, and I'm okay with that because, you know, going back to the U.S. right now is a complete disaster. And it's just, it's better to wait it out. I think with Biden in office, or Trump out of office, rather, it's going to, things may stabilize a bit after a few months and once the winter is passed and we're closer to um, a vaccine I, I think maybe I can come back to the US um, and I could get another job teaching English somewhere else but it's just it's kind of at this point it's not really worth my time uh, if if that's not what I'm going to do with my life, you know? So, it's a weird time, you know? A lot of people are having a rough time. And, you know, listen, I'm from Philly, and I grew up middle class, you know? So, and not only did it wasn't like my parents were like slaving away at a like a job they hated just so my sister and I could be middle class like my parents are like phd professors like super educated you know former hippies activists so it kind of like nothing they ever did was geared towards like making money you know it was like living a meaningful life, which didn't necessarily consist of money. And I grew up in Philly, which is a, a working class town, predominantly black, and it's just a, a hard working, you know, nose to the grind, blue collar town. And that's the dominant culture. And I grew up in that, trying to make sense of what it means to be a person and ha like in Philly in the context of Philly I kind of always felt like I stood out like I'm privileged because I was compared to the people I knew most people 
I had, we had more money and we had like just more resources and just, you know, it, than most people I knew. But uh, in terms of a lot of people I've met, you know, a lot of people have grown up upper class or had a lot of money. There's places where you go where there's a lot of money. It's a whole nother game. And where I am now, it's like, it's like, it's like being in Florida. And I'm outside of the city, so I'm kind of away from that, which I like. But when I go into the city, I, and I've been in Thailand so long, and I've seen all the worlds, you know? I've been like a homeless monk in the forest, like walking out of the forest to get food from like the poor villagers in Isan. That's a whole different like perspective, you know? having nothing but a bowl and relying on these like poor farmers to give me rice. So here I am in this like retirement community. I'm living in a Muay Thai gym, but it's just like all these old white people. And I mean, they're like old rich white people like you'd find on a golf course, like their collared shirt tucked in with their, tight pants, you know, and it just, it makes me want to rip my face off. <laughs> I hate that. And there, I've met, unfortunately, I've met some of them. And a lot of these people are like complete douchebags. Like, I'm, I'm not used to meeting people like this. I know they exist. Like, I know Trump supporters exist, but I usually never meet them. And these are just, like, people who they took their, they take their Western retirement money and they live in Thailand and they have a lot of money and they just, they like Trump. And, oh, my God, I can't tell you how many non-Americans I've met that say they like Trump and that COVID doesn't exist. That's a running theme here. And I'm like, first of all, if you're not American and you have an opinion on the 2020 election, take that opinion and shove it up your ass. Because first of all, you know how sensitive this is for Americans. So as a non-American, if you're from Israel or Australia, Shut the fuck up. And certainly don't go up to an American and tell, give your opinion because we don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird as shit to be going through this at this time abroad because everyone's watching the US and it's like, wow, what a nightmare. And then everyone has their opinion, you know. And just, you know, just douchebags everywhere. And like, I'm talking like 60, 70, 80 years old sometimes with their little little Thai wife. And (laughs) I'm almost like a Thai person. Like I'm almost like just sitting there like racist, (laughs) like judging them.
And I totally get it why, you know, Thai, some, some places in Thailand, they're just sick of white people. Just it's the same story every time. And why should they assume that you're a good person? You know, if, if all they're seeing are these douchebag golf shirt Trump supporters. You know, so there's the other extreme to that of just like, you know, the kind of like the lack of world perspective and just kind of like assuming that we're all the same uh, or judging all white people. But I totally get it from the Thai perspective. I totally get it. And hey, I wish I could change it too. I wish I could raise the bar and the standard. Um, but, you know, it's not my system to change and, and someone is um, allowing all of this kind of thing to happen. So there's resentment in the air, for sure. And um, in terms of class, what I, was, what I was saying is I grew up middle class and with like very educated parents who were thinkers. So I never had the complex the inferiority complex of being poor. So now I don't have money. I don't even have money coming in, but I don't feel inferior because of that. I just feel like it's my personal choice at the moment to choose life experiences rather than like focusing only on making money. And that's attractive to a lot of people, actually, because there's freedom there. And I also never grew up rich, so I don't have the superiority complex of feeling that I'm better than anyone or that I can't relate to anyone who's poor. Or I, I genuinely don't feel that I'm lower or higher than anyone. We're just human. And I don't think a lot of people actually truly believe that. I think people most of us are caught in this like class war the system of classism and we're just unable to see clearly you know and sometimes like people who have just never had they become greedy too they become just like big eye like what can you do for me? Give me more. Me, me, me. There's that mentality comes out. And that's also disgusting. That's also annoying and um, cyclical. It's, it's, it's so limiting and there's just a, like an inability to go beyond and really kind of improve because they're just caught in this like cycle of I never had anything so what can everyone do for me who has more and that's not very wise or smart and it's just a product someone's just a product of their environment and then you know they may not even realize that they're actually happier than these rich fucks um, who are just an endless vacuum of just like, I want more and I want this and I'm going to complain about everything around me because I, I'm entitled to everything and everyone should respect me. And they just 
don't even feel comfortable in their bodies because they're never just there. They're just always consuming and going. And it's just like an, an, a huge, an incredible lack of wisdom in that like kind of person. So I feel I'm so lucky to have been middle class. And I actually realized that I think I kind of want a partner who's middle class or grew up middle class because those are usually the most like stable people. Extremely rich people and extremely poor people gen have a lot in common actually in the way that they think. And of course, these are generalizations, guys. It's not like blanket truth, but these are just my observations about life. So yeah, living in a class warfare. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of, just kind of keeping my head down um, trying to spend as little money as possible. I, my last big purchase, I got some pre-workout and um, I'm just gonna live like a fighter. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meditate and do Muay Thai and that's it, you know, pretty much. I'm volunteering on Saturday for a, um, a nonprofit organization that's helps kids in like it's called jungle aid we they help kids living in rural communities you know poor communities with like medical stuff education that kind of thing christmas gifts so it's i'm kind of excited to do that but just in terms of like spending money or whatever i'm not going to do it because i don't have it right now just waiting to start working again and that's okay. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like I want to continue this podcast, get this rolling, and I'm thinking I kind of want to start writing a book because I have experienced some crazy shit. And I'm currently witnessing some crazy shit. And if I could put this all in like a book or a novel, like loosely based on my life, or I think it'd be dope. And yeah, you know, it's I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I I I know it just. I know what it's like to be caught in the nine to five and you're just so busy, you don't have time, you know? I talk to my best friend back home when he's on his way to work every, almost every morning and he's just tired and, you know, he doesn't have time. He's married and, you know, he's, he's trying to go back to school and he's trying to make it everything work, but it's, I, I, I like, you don't have time to like search for your the answers or to really like 
even think about what you really want to do. You just you just keep doing the thing that is like comfortable. But we don't really sometimes know that you can just walk away. <laughs> I, I, like people literally don't, they've never done it before. They've never just like let go. And it's sometimes it's like you, you, care, you build up so much stress about life and trying to make like, I need to get my 401k situated so that I could retire at this age and so then I can invest in this car and then I can buy this picket fence for my two dogs. Then my child can go to college and I'll be in debt. <laughs> we don't realize that it's, we're, we're, we're being fucked over. Um, especially in America, you know, it's not the same world that our parents grew up in. There's not the same opportunities. And the quicker people find, figure that out, the more we can like try to solve it because, you know, the, the jobs are not there for us to pay off our student debt. And for us to accumulate this kind of debt for a degree which they say you need to get to make money to be successful, which it apparently is not true, um, we're like slaves. You know, we're being fucked over. And on top of that, like, we can't even get health care. And I just listened to a podcast, and this is a very interesting point, which is so true. Our artists are the only thing from keeping people from completely hating America. They humanize us because otherwise we're just this violent, militant, murderous regime, right? That's constantly at war. But our art, our movies, our music, our, 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 our like individuals, our stories, our, our like heroes. That's what make people feel like America isn't so bad. And I'm wondering with all this PC culture stuff, are we are we in jeopardy of losing our artists? And so part of this podcast, I consider myself somewhat of an artist. We can't be scared to just be who we are, to say what we want to say anymore, because that's what makes Americans different. We push the envelope of what's possible, of fear. We show the world like what's, what's, what is possible from human nature. And so it's like, okay, maybe the government has doing these weird, this weird stuff, but there's something about American culture which allows anyone 
to be who they want to be. And that's, that means something. That's beautiful. And I'm, I hope we don't lose that. I hope we're not losing that with all this technology and, you know, the robots, the machines can't win. I don't care what anyone's going to say about this and the future in five years, we're all going to be connected to a machine and then the cars are going to drive. No, okay? Human beings have built this stuff and we're still just like monkeys with a controller. And now we're monkeys with this thing in our hand and we can't stop looking at it. But I'm going to try to stop looking at it. <laughs> and I hope you will join me too. Until next time, your host, Soren.